The International Day of Persons with Disabilities is annually observed on the 3rd of December to promote the full and equal participation of persons with disabilities and to take action for the inclusion of persons with disabilities in all aspects of society and development. The theme this year is Building Back Better towards a disability-inclusive, accessible and sustainable post-COVID-19 world. And we are very, very lucky to have in studio Shannon O'Keefe, who's the General Manager of the Sunshine Centre for Children with Disabilities. She started at the Craig Hall Centre 12 years ago and then moved to General Manager and our neighbour at the Children's Memorial Institute five years ago. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks, Luke. Morning. Morning, Karen. Hello, Shannon. So, Shannon, my introduction to Sunshine Centre was a million years ago when you ran the START program. So, will you just tell us a little bit about what the START program does? 100%. So, um, START is an Indigenous training program to Sunshine. It, um, first of all, stands for Striving Towards Achieving Results Together. It was created many, many years ago by very, very clever physiotherapists, paediatricians, um, OT, speech therapists, and basically it is a developmental checklist um, created for able-bodied children. So anybody who has a child, parent, mother, uh, granny, teacher, um, OTs, anybody who deals with children can use the checklist um, to monitor and ensure that their child is developing at the right stages that they should be. And what we do at Sunshine, and we use it at all three centers, um, obviously with children with disabilities, you will have a child who is possibly three years old, but functioning at six months. So we then use the checklist um, at six months, what should the child be doing? Obviously with the disabilities, they're not. And there are activities to every um, uh, item on the checklist under all developmental areas. So fine motor, gross motor, activities for daily living and communication. So what we would do is take the child and um, after consultation with the parents, what are their, what is the parents' expectations? What are their priorities? What are their, what would they like to be able to see their child to do within their capabilities? Um, we take the checklist, child's at six months, um, they should be, um, now I'm on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they should be crawling or they should be on their stomach um, and lifting their head, using their hands, that sort of thing, the stage they're at. Um, obviously, the child with disabilities cannot do that even though he's three, four years old. Um, and what activities will stimulate that progress? So that's it in a nutshell. Um, it's, we have seen remarkable, remarkable um, results from professionals, physios, OT, speeches. There's been a lot of um, um, therapists who have done the STAR training and use it in their everyday, mm. um, even in their private practice with checklisting and that sort of thing. And obviously we use it at the Sunshine Centers, all three centers. My staff are all trained in START. And then we had a very interesting um, breakthrough last year and the year before where the Department of Social Development 
for children with um, uh, the disability program um, got involved with us and we trained over a hundred ECD practitioners across Gauteng so that they can in because of the shortage of schools for children with disabilities they can now start including children with disabilities into their centers you cannot diagnose um, definitely not you can't do any of that but at an ECD center in a rural area if the practitioner is equipped they can include the child mm. with disabilities so the child with disabilities mm. has access um, which they have the right to um, to a, a, a early childhood development center that's that's been one of my favorite things about the start program and we've discussed this at length is that too often we see that especially where there's not a lot of access to ecds in rural areas and in townships and informal settlements a child with disabilities is is left home on their own with no one really knowing how to engage the child and by empowering the ecd centers the practitioners we are seeing far more inclusiveness that the child with disabilities is in a mainstream environment. And for me, what that also means is that much organically at such a young age about children with disabilities and therefore the acceptance is far greater. We don't have the same thing as us as adults, not quite sure how to deal with someone who is, you know, differently able to ourselves. 100% Corin. We've seen it at the, our Craigle Centre. So we've got three centres, Craig Hall, Eldorado Park and Germiston, Ellsberg. So at the Craig Hall Park Centre, we have two classes of able-bodied kids. And what we do is the other four classes of children with disabilities, the higher functioning um, children with disabilities um, are included into the able-bodied classes because often intellectually, physically is the only disability and intellectually they are quite capable of um, participating in the class. The only limitation is physical. So we have included those kids in the two classes. The development has been phenomenal because straight away the prejudice is gone and mm -hmm. exactly what you said. If the children learn at an early age, why should they take it and stare at... We all do it and it's unfortunate and we still do it. People stare in shopping centers mm -hmm. at people with disabilities. It's absurd in this day and age. Um, so my... Um, able-bodied children at the Craigle Centre now have their little mate who can't walk but he can recite the ABCs and he's good at colours and he knows his numbers and I know it's your favourite story. It is, Karen. please, you have to tell my favourite story. <laughs> we've, we've witnessed that the kids um, and, and some of the kids that are coming to school, so his little classmate who has cerebral palsy, um, who's battling to walk and he can't really carry his bag, and his classmate picks up his bag and walks up the hill with his mate to school. That's but, and what that's, it's about. That's inclusivity. Exactly. Yes, that. it's my exactly absolute that. favorite story. Yes. And he didn't have to be taught that. No, he didn't. No. It, it was natural. Mm. And the, the progress and the development, we've seen parents come in devastated. Mm. They have nowhere to go. They don't know what to do. They've, we have classes for uh, severe to profound disabilities and then mild to moderate. And we try the progress. So they start in the, 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 what we would call the stimulation one group, which is the severe to profound. And slowly with development, they move up. 
and then for a parent and a parent walking in and physically you can see body language where they crouched over and like all is lost um a lot of our parents are single mother households so they're coming in the family's broken up there is still a huge stigma around disability that it's a curse and it's uh it's bewitched and this has happened and it's the father's father it's not unfortunately it happens and we need to get rid of that and it's through education and empower parents you can work with your child and you can see the development and then you see this parent who's come in devastated and um so we take our kids from 18 months to seven years old so uh three years down the line the kid has progressed and moved into the higher classes and then eventually into what we would call the bridging group where there's able-bodied kids and suddenly her child is part of a class full of normal children. Mm. The empowerment for that parent is supersonic. You, it's, mm. it's, it's bizarre. And the development that that child makes because it sees its classmate. Mm. And even we've put child, children with, uh, in wheelchairs in that class because intellectually they can cope and how they've developed and how they've progressed and just Yes, our system is, is it, it doesn't favor children with disabilities, but it's improving. I need to tell you both, the Department of Education is working hard to try and support children with disabilities. I always have hope. Um, our mission is hope for children with disabilities, our vision. So I do have hope it'll change um, and improve. I think the capacity and infrastructure limits us, but, but we've got to work towards it. And seeing the children who, we also have a graduation every year, for children with disabilities, we have to. They're also progressing. They've done well. They get a certificate. Ones that are leaving have a graduation gown. Why not? Children should be included. Irrelevant. And to watch a parent sit with other parents who came in, crouched over and, 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 and just devastated, sitting up with her, her chest out. It's my child that has limped up to the stage or has been... Uh, pushed in its wheelchair up to the stage to receive its graduation certificate in its gra in the child's graduation gown and then progress onto a special needs school. It can be done. Children with disabilities need to be recognized. They need to be included. And us as adults and, and the leaders, we need to take a bit of time and train, educate mm -hmm. and empower. Jean, you raised two very important points. And I think, you know, for disability awareness, the one thing is you mentioned, you know, diagnosis, and we, we, we focus very much on kind of disease and label, and which is often useful from a medical perspective in terms of the treatment and how we rehabilitate. But there's a level at which we need to consider the international classification of functioning and rather looking from a disease model towards a participation model. And I know the one thing that uh, Sunshine and the STAR program do very well is early identification. I just want you to comment on why it is so important that we identify early. The challenge for parents who have to mourn the child they conceived in their mind when their child is different in body. And then finally, the importance of what it means to participate in society regardless of your limitation. Okay. So, um, uh, and thank you for that, uh, Luke. We've seen, we call ourselves an early intervention program. Mm -hmm. So we take the kids from 18 months and it is essential to start working with that child as early as possible because we've seen the results <laughs> input and i'm not talking high-tech therapy here karen and luke i'm talking a structured daily program repetition every day 
we have seen the development and that's why we advocate for early intervention don't bring us the child when they're four or five because you've sat at home you're depressed you don't know what to do with your child let's address this as early as possible so our social work teams go to all the hospitals and clinics um, to the the mother and child groups and the postnatal groups and antenatal groups mm -hmm. because cerebral palsy can lack of oxygen to the brain can happen at birth to raise awareness a lot of the doctors and you know Luke Sunshine's been around forever and a day we 45 years next mm. year um, and so we do get very good referrals from our local hospitals and we encourage the parents and to bring the child as early as possible and it just takes one goal or milestone that the child achieves on the mother's soul mm. one it's just one simple even if and parents are very hesitant to bring them in 18 months because now they're delicate now they no they must come they must access the services and so yeah parents we 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 do get quite a, a, a number of children that are coming early and we see the progress we've had children diagnosed uh, with cerebral palsy obviously and um <clears throat> coming into the center and with work and uh, input and stimulation and we've seen them progress to walking out um, of the center at seven years old mm. and going into a special needs school and talking and so he might walk with a bit of a limp so what he can talk he can function um, yeah um, now I've already forgotten your second question. <laughs> it was really about participation because okay, I, think, I, I think when we talk about inclusion, yes. we have to recognize that people have limitations. For example, CP is a mobility limitation. Yes. And we need to mitigate that to allow participation because it's actually us as a society who are failing. When we cannot include people, we have failed yes. because we have not mitigated the physical limitation that, well, really just impairs their participation. Correct. Okay, so, um, and you say physical, it's intellectual as well, mm -hmm. that we um, tend to exclude the children. So, not only by, children with disabilities should access some form of school. They need to enter an early development, a childhood development center, um, the special schools that are available. Parents must not keep them to children at home. They need to be out there and access the services, as every child has the right to. And education, okay? And parents need to be empowered. Just because I have a child with disabilities does not mean I have to lock myself in my room yeah, and never sure. come out. We do parent support groups at Sunshine, which we advocate and spread the word. Parents need to acknowledge, accept, and let's go forward. What can we do? We also train our parents, not only Sunshine parents, we train parents out there. And I think... To encourage more and more parents, uh, exactly that, Luke, to participate mm. and be proud. You have a child. Mm. It doesn't matter that it's special needs. And that child has the right to access, for example, Special Olympics. Mm. We do Special Olympics at school and we do a demo day. Children with disabilities can have a sports day. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I, I, I do think it's education and it's a long road. It is a long road. But you're right, as society, I think the more we talk about it and encourage it, mm -hmm. I think more people, parents, will then participate more. Shannon, you work with an incredible team of people. I have had the honor of um, 
coming to Craig Hall quite a few times. On one occasion, a little one took their steps for the first time and I cried. I felt it, it, it was just so special. Um, and you talk about milestones and there was this little one taking their steps for the first time. The team that you work with at Craig Hall, um, there is a class of severely disabled children. And um, I sort of stepped back and, and just watched the interaction between your staff, your team and, and these little people. And they truly are superheroes, um, day in and day out. They have such love and care and and just they are there to ensure that the children are living their absolute best lives. These people, Luke and I often say, um, the job chooses you, you don't choose the job. They truly are people with vocations. No question. Mm. And I know you've had access to the Craigle Centre, so we can't leave the other two. I'll take you there one day. Steve I'd, I'd love that. I'm going to take you up on that, Shannon. <laughs> so, I've been to Aldera. Yes, oh. you have. Well, there you go. So um, at all three centres, I have an unbelievable team of human beings. They are dedicated. They are passionate. And exactly that, it's, it's a calling. Being an NPO, NGO, you, we all know salaries are not great. So the staff that I have are dedicated human beings, committed and completely passionate for children with disabilities. And we've seen people come in and they just didn't fit the mold. Mm. They just didn't. They couldn't do it. And, and that's okay matter. too. Mm. It's okay. It's 100%. But, and I mean, we do long service awards. Um, we've had a staff member who's been 25 years. Sure. Isn't that phenomenal? And she's watched the kids go through and she's done the good stuff and watched them progress and they interact with the parents. And you're right, Corin, they are superheroes. Mm. And Sunshine is about the people that are there. Mm. Um, and the development we've had and the progress we've had is about the amazing people. Absolutely amazing people. Yes. I think, you know, I always like anecdotal sort of stories because it I think paints a picture of, of what I get to experience and um, all three of us work at the Children's Memorial Institute which I think we all love so much such a special space and the Johannesburg School for Autism is at the Children's Memorial Institute so very often children from Sunshine will go on to go to the, the Johannesburg School for Autism and I remember chatting to you the one day we, we you know we like to chat in the passages and the next minute this little person launched himself at you and he was so excited to see you and you know for me what was remarkable is I'm not quite sure how, how long he'd been at the school but you knew his name and you knew his mum and you knew his story and and you know you speak about human beings and the care and the vocation and and that just speaks volumes to me I think it's important we know all our kids um and yes the the, the child in particular was Kutso mm. um and he recognizes me and he shakes my hand and interestingly enough his dad um and, and talking about participation, going back very quickly, Luke, we always say the mothers because the mothers are the mm. caregivers. The empowerment we've seen with fathers mm. at Sunshine has been unbelievable. And I think that is huge. It, through education, it's not a father's fault. It's not a stigma. It's not a curse. It's whatever. The fathers have bought into it and seen their child's development. And this particular daddy, Taboho, he came and spoke at one of the centers Um to tell other parents that when he started Sunshine, all was lost because he had no idea of where his son would go. And now Kutso is at the Joburg School for Autism and Kutso can speak and Kutso um, can relay different conversations and Kutso is doing exceptionally mm -hmm. well. 
Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for joining us and representing the voice of our disabled children and their parents. And I, I just want to end with two thoughts. You know, all the work we do is relational, and it's about the fact that you see a person who they are, and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's, how do we support others? There are no others. We are all one. And it's about our common humanity and the shared compassion because all of us struggle with something. Some struggles are more visible than others. So next we will be dealing with volunteerism, which is something directly related to lots of the work we do with children. And we'll be proud to be hosting our very own Karen Landy, who's hosting the program and we hosting her. <laughs> and we will also be in conversation with Andy Hatfield from For Good. See you then and please remember to subscribe to and tune into our social media programs. Have a happy day.